0: Welcome into another episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast for the thinkers in freight. We are proudly presented by SPI Logistics, and I am your host, Blythe Brumleave. I'm happy to welcome in Dan Riese. He is the Senior Vice President of Partnerships over at Manifest slash Connective. It's the one of the, the be, I think, the best conference in all of logistics. Um And we are here to talk about the conference and also the sales and marketing behind a big conference like that within our industry and just, you know, conferences as a whole. So, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me.
1: And I I appreciate, like, you you channeling some of the warm Florida weather up here to the northeast.
0: Oh, it's been such a miserable winter here in Florida because we have something I didn't know that existed. It's called a winter El Nino where literally – I would say not literally – Definitely, almost every day for the past month, it has been cloudy well, and course, rainy. Cloudy. And yes, did it's, it dip, a, I mean, we're in the sunshine state. It it's
1: below 72. Oh. oh,
0: my God. It froze the other night. So, of course, you know, we got the warnings. I mean, it was um, in the teens
1: over here the past few days. So. <laughs>
0: It's terrible it's terrible i'm already sick of it I'm, I'm ready for it to be over with but we have another potential freeze that's coming um this weekend so it's big big news in florida anytime uh at least over, it starts to freeze
1: well at least here in jersey we can curl up with a nice warm good pizza or a bagel like you know i know i can send some down to you but
0: Oh, I would love a great, like, New York, New Jersey bagel cream cheese that it's the best in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys do it. It's like you made a deal with the devil because it, it, there is no other place it, like it. It was a
1: trade-off. Good bagels, good pizza, bad taxes.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that tax money has to go somewhere. Exactly. So it's,
1: it's, bagel, it's government bagel production. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm a fan of big government when it comes to that regard. So <laughs> I think that that's a that's a good trade-off. Now with Florida, I, I you know maybe we would trade off some things for you know I, I guess that's probably another discussion yeah, I probably go don't want to go down.
1: <laughs> That's a whole nother rabbit hole that we won't be recording. It's like ooh,
0: <laughs> there are a lot of ways we could go <laughs> with that conversation. <laughs> but, but Dan, you've spent—I um, think I was listening to an interview with with you and Trey um, over on Standing Out on his podcast, um, and you said that you've been in the conference slash logistics industry for 14 years. Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah. It doesn't seem and so, accurate. how? Uh, well, I mean, has it? That entire time been in managing conferences, or have yep. you had other roles in logistics? How did you sort of find yourself in this position? Well,
1: I actually dropped out of college when I was studying business, and during a supply chain segment, I thought supply chain was really boring, and I ended up dropping out. And here we are. It's amazing how that <laughs> happens, right? It's full circle. Like, yeah, seriously, supply chain's boring. I'm going to run a supply chain show <laughs> instead. Um, I mean, my background, I was in the military. Uh, I know you mentioned you're in Jacksonville. Actually, I, I served in the Navy on the USS Jacksonville, a submarine named after your namesake City. We had a signed uh, helmet of the Jaguars in there. Um, oh, nice. I don't know if that was a good luck charm or not. but um,
0: Depends on who signed it. Right?
1: I don't know. <laughs> uh, but after that, uh, I got into hospitality, more like the restaurant food service side of things, but wanted to find something a bit more nine to five so I could have a social life too. And- started just kind of rolling into different sales roles, uh, you know, shorter term, just trying to see what fits. And I answered a job ad one day for a conference company, um, the company I used to be with. And the rest is history. I ended up as a junior. I started as just junior BDR, moving up the ranks, moving up the ranks. I've found that, well, one, I'm good at sales, but also I enjoy this kind of sales. I enjoyed bring people together, you know, walking into an expo hall on setup day and thinking, wow, like I helped make this happen. I I helped bring all these puzzle pieces together. And here we all are. And when manifest came along uh, their previous event, which was the future logistics summit was a marketing partner of mine at my old show. So I called Pam to say congrats. And I actually, I wanted to pitch her on my own conference idea uh, about the corporate wellness programs and things like that. And she was like, yeah, that's great and all, but actually we want you to join us on Manifest and this crazy adventure and the rest is history. Now we have puppy lounges, mocktails, and good conference food. Oh, and, and, and Freight Tech.
0: Yeah, uh, all of those things are equally important, uh, especially to a good show. And I, I'm curious as to how have you seen conferences evolve since some of your, your early days versus now? I mean, obviously, Manifest is a huge event, a huge spectacle, you know, within this space. But how have you seen it slowly creep towards that, that big
1: spectacle? Well, and here's the thing. Not all of them have evolved. Uh, there's a number of conferences, and I'm uh, out of respect, I'm not going to to name drop any of them. But there's a number of conferences that just keep on lather, rinse, repeat year over year, and it's just a copy and paste of it. And those are the ones that are struggling a bit more. Uh, manifest, we always wanted to take some risks. Like That's just our model as, as Connective is we want to push the envelope. We want to be more experiential. We want to rethink how conferences are approached and from the attendee experience, the sponsor experience, and just push the envelope. Um, I've seen shows evolving in the sense of Just new technologies coming into the shows, whether it be on lead capture, whether it be on just uh, their apps, on their their show guides, just more ways to touch your audience in a way that they'll appreciate by giving them information, connecting with them. Uh, We use our smart badges to make it easier instead of just using lead capture devices, for example, you know, the buttons on the badges to make connections happen without having to awkwardly scan someone's badge. And I really don't see anyone else doing things like that. Because I think the mindset of the attendee is changing too at a lot of these events, that it's less about, okay, I'm gonna go to a session, I'm gonna run to the hall and get a sandwich and try to hide my badge. And it's more that I, as an attendee, want to go and discover new technologies and not just be seen as like a commodity basically. So we try to curate our expo hall to really find those new technologies, bring the players to the space, And make it a welcoming environment, you know, being mindful of how many staff badges, which some folks aren't happy about, but we also don't want a conference full of salespeople. So it's just being mindful of those ratios and thinking about what is the attendee going to want to experience? Are they going to enjoy this? What's going to make them keep on coming back?
0: And so when you are, so you're joining the manifest team and you were supposed to have your first conference, but obviously, you know, COVID kind of, you know, threw a wrench in that entire plan. Yes. So you delayed it an additional year. So your first one was January, 2021, I believe yep. when you're selling the idea, 2022. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. It was, so wow. Of
1: 21 it, got pushed to January of 22.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So. When you're selling a, a newer event with newer approaches to, to how you want to set, kind of shake things up a little bit, what was that sales process like for you know hmm. trying to get these big businesses on board?
1: It was a bit of a fake until you make it, not going to lie. I mean, because it's, it's, there's a lot of trust and faith. Luckily, both you know myself and our team, Tanzel, Pam, and Courtney as well, we all are known in our respective parts of the industry. So those relationships did help. There's people that we've worked with before, like, all right, we're going to take a chance with you. Other people, it's just really kind of showing them the vision of, we are not just another show about getting a box from point A to point B, faster, better, and cheaper. We're about the technology behind that, the whole tech stack in the supply chain that's really evolving it. And people start saying, I want to be a part of that. You know, DHL supply chain, I want to be a part of that. So all these companies start coming in and growing with us and word of mouth takes over because you probably see we don't do a whole lot of advertising um very organic very word of mouth a lot of referrals and it just speaks for itself that you know year 3 i've got 305 sponsors we're completely sold out uh we're going on another 100,000 square feet larger next year so it just keep on evolving and growing a lot of back and forth internally too on how can we improve this activation? How can we fit more puppies in here? How can we what can we do to keep on making things better? And that's also why we don't do any on-site sales. I think we're one of the only shows where you can't re-up your booth and sponsorship for next year right there at the show. There's no big floor plan to pick from. We don't start that process till two to four weeks after the event because my sponsors want a chance to sell. They don't want to be sold to, and a chance to decompress afterwards. And so they appreciate it. I can focus on customer experience and not on selling and everyone's having a great time. But, um, yeah, the, the initial process was just straight scrappy. I mean, it was just the, just guerrilla marketing, guerrilla sales just getting in there and just contacting people, getting the referrals, painting the picture. And also the listening too. it's not just selling from, Hey, buy a booth or buy this or buy that, but what's going to add value for you? How can we, evolve the show to make it also what you're seeing in the market. So it's not just our vision, but a collective vision hmm. of all of our partners.
0: What are some of the that early feedback that you got, you know, as far as like the booth process and building out your booth and the, the actual event itself? How do you go about getting that kind of feedback? And what was that? What did that feedback look like?
1: I mean, I just try to talk to as many people as I can. I'm not too in the weeds on the ops and logistics portion of it in terms of the booth build. Um, because that's with our ops team and our contractor. So I don't want to speak out of turn on that. So it's just, I mean, we had a contractor we've worked with for a few years. We've recently switched for this year to a different contractor, um, looking to just streamline the process and change the thinking internally too, because the a number of the other shows that we owned were a bit focused, uh, very content focused on the sponsor side, whereas Manifest, and this this sector are very product and tech focused on sort of something tangible. So changing our thought process into okay, how can we make this more of an expo-centric show? And just finding that balance year over year. And it's constantly evolving. We realized last year that our material handling rates were incredibly high. And we had to work with our contractors to substantially bring them down and tear them out of it so that way our sponsors can bring in the booths that they want to bring in. Cause we have people bringing in million dollar booths, but we want to make it we don't want. We don't want our vendors to be a barrier to entry for that.
0: And so I imagine that, you know, selling into, you know, this year is incredibly easy or easier than it has been in previous years because you have that organic marketing, you have that reputation kind of built. Is that a safe assumption?
1: It is to a degree, but there's always still new ways to improve. Like there's never going to be enough buyers. I can give you a unicorn that, that, you know, that poops out buyers left and right, and there's still not going to be enough. We need two unicorns. So there's always going to be that, even though it's a little easier, it's still always a grind. I mean, when I'm selling I'm always thinking, how can we do more? How can we keep on improving? Um, I, I'm really lucky that I'm well taken care of here, but my mindset is always that I need to continually earn that and prove to, that I earn that too. That's just my, always been my mindset, that I want to prove my worth and my salary. Um, and I'm also looking at other shows that I go to and other sponsors and s- thinking, I want that big booth over here. Uh, when I was at uh, NRF this week and I went I to Manhattan Associates, who is a sponsor this year, and I said, OK, I want to see how can we get your NRF booth or your ProMath booth here the following year. So just listening to the customer, how can we tweak things? What what will entice you to get more of your business units involved or, to you, or for you to do more with us? What can we control? What can we not, not control? What can we collaborate on to make this happen?
0: Are you still a, a one man sales team for, for Manifest, or do you have more more of sales support this year?
1: This year I was. We had someone helping for a short time, but it was ninety nine percent me. Granted, the the overall team helps. Pam, Tanzil Courtney, Jay they're all sending referrals in. I'm I'm just the one herding all the cats. Um, next year we do have another person I'm bringing on to help as well because I also like sleep once in a while. Um, we also have someone working with us in Europe to help bring in some more of an international representation. So, you know, it's, I'm happy to do European calls, but there's only so early that I can start my day.
0: Yeah. That's definitely a unique challenge because it, Manifest is separate from any other logistics event that I've been to where you really see the entire supply chain mm-hmm. under one roof. And it's incredibly diverse with with folks from all over the world that you see showing up for logistics. And it just, it, it's sort of, I, I love talking about that aspect and I love experiencing that aspect because it's so different from any other event. Is, is that a, I guess, a conscious effort to, mm-hmm. to go after the international community as well as, uh, you know, the, the incumbents with, with the US market? It,
1: we don't want to be just the incumbents. We never did that, That's we start with the startups. We want to grow with them. The incumbents will follow. They, they can be a bit longer of a longer process. But if we just went after the U.S. incumbents, how would we be any different than any other show out there? Mm-hmm. There's so many uh, uh, startups from countries around the world, whether it be from India, from Israel, from LATAM markets, from APAC markets that are doing amazing things, European markets. We want them here. We want to help showcase that.
0: Do you have uh, I- any uh, favorites or, or interesting companies that are coming from the, the international markets?
1: Let's see. Like, who's my favorite child? Which well, <laughs> right. well, well, Carter is. He's a little easier to deal with right now. He's my favorite currently. But um, I don't have a particular like favorite. I could say also because it's sometimes hard to remember like all of them in one shot. Um, there's a few in the sustainability space I'm excited for to see what's going on in alternative fuels and, and, uh, and especially like, you know, clean maritime shipping as well. I'm noticing less on the autonomous vehicle space because obviously mm-hmm. a lot of those companies have had a lot of challenges lately. So we only have one of those, for example, this year. Um, but we have more on the EV and alternative fuel side of things coming. Um, I'm seeing a lot of AI, of course, AI is a new blockchain. It's, you know, celebrities naming their kids AI. But, um, so I don't have any particular favorite international technology. I'm just trying to catch them all like they're Pokemon and just bring them all here.
0: (laughs) Are you in freight sales with a book of business looking for a new home? Or perhaps you're a freight agent in need of a better partnership. These are the kinds of conversations we're exploring in our podcast interview series called the freight agent trenches sponsored by SPI logistics. Now, I can tell you all day that SPI is one of the most successful logistics firms in North America who helps their agents with back office operations such as admin, finance, IT, and sales, but I would much rather you hear it directly from SPI's freight agents themselves. And what better way to do that than by listening to the experienced freight agents tell their stories behind the how and the why they joined SPI. Hit the freight agent link in our show notes to listen to these conversations. Or if you're ready to make the jump, visit SPI3PL.com. Are you a broker ready to level up your business? Well, I've got a game changer of a solution for you because let's face it, your TMS choice can make or break your company. And that's where having the right ally becomes key to success. Meet TIE Software, an all-in-one platform with user-friendly automation that makes your day-to-day operations smoother and smarter. Whether you're running a big brokerage or a startup, TIE's got your back through every phase of your domestic freight. Gear up because your logistics journey is about to get a serious upgrade. Experience it now by heading over to tie-software.com for a demo. Now, does it does so when manifest comes on the scene, you guys make a huge wave and it's, uh, I don't think it's very surprising to start to see other conferences and other events, you know, start to borrow some ideas, you know, from manifest and use them at their own conferences. Well, does that make you feel good or, you know, it's like slightly annoyed.
1: There's enough puppies for everyone. Uh, (laughs) You know what? It's, we don't have any like IP about any of these. I mean, I go to other shows and I've gotten ideas too. and, or, or even ideas on how we can do something that we are already doing better. So hmm. it, it's not like it's, it's any exclusive thing we're doing that saying they can't do it. And I appreciate, you know, I appreciate the hustle. I appreciate that people are thinking, oh, we're doing something right. And so we're not the ones playing catch up. We're actually the ones leading the pack and thinking and showing how to do things differently.
0: Are there any things that are coming up with the twenty twenty four show that are are new and that yeah. you you know maybe other events will be you know copying in the future we don't know yet uh, but that you're really you know proud of?
1: I don't know about new in the sense of never seen before, but new with our spin on them and new for this year. So we have the spa um, where this is kind of our take on the chair massages that you see a lot of shows. Um, I personally hate chair massages at shows; I find them creepy. But that's just me. But everyone else seems to like them. So we have the spa, which is our take on that. It's a whole activation we're building that has those. But they also have the, the, the foot leg massager machines. They're going to be, I think, juices or flavored water. So it's a whole experience, not just sit here in my booth and get a, and get a back rub. Um, so that's one, of the, you know, that's one of the new ideas. Uh, you know, the puppies are always, are always an exciting one. Uh, Blackberry Radar is doing the spa, too. I think that will be a fun one. Uh, another one, too, and I've seen this here and there at some other shows, is the Style Studio. Originally, it was going to be a barbershop, but we didn't want to do a gendered activation. Uh, so the Style Studio, it's UShip U-Ship is sponsoring this one. It's brought with uh, barbers, stylists, and I believe manicurists. So uh, men can get a quick shave or shape up. Women can get a, a whatever you do to your hair in a short period of time. Um, I know we're not doing blowouts because you got to come in all janky in the morning and nobody wants to do that. <laughs> um, or like mini manicures. So those I are love two that. new ones. Uh, the arcade, actually, we worked with our sponsor on that one and we decided to pivot with them and we're doing a golf simulator instead. It's a bit of a crowd pleaser. Uh, oh, another new one too, uh, we're doing the backyard. So this is an indoor-outdoor activation as well that Sony's sponsoring. So it's kind of the opposite of the arcade. It's going to be in the foyer and partially outside and those roll up garage doors. And we're going to rethink how we do this next year when we move to the Venetian. But it's a way for people to get a bit of uh, green space in the midst of all the conference chaos. So there'll be some games, some cornhole, giant Jenga, things like that. And Sony is also using their AI cameras to help kind of heat map uh, the games while they're being played and show people potential moves and things like that. So it's going to be really interactive. Um, Oh, and we have an ice cream bar because ice cream. Why not?
0: especially if you're inside and you're in the desert, you know, obviously it'll be cold outside, but few people will, you know, you're not actually going outside until later on unless you're in the the, the Sony area, which is Sony is an interesting choice to to choose to to come to a, a logistics conference. Do they have a logistics arm well, or
1: Well, remember it's not just logistics, it's supply chain, all the technologies that are enhancing it. So this is Sony uh, Atrios, I keep on saying it's a I can't whatever. Sony Atrios. They are their AI cameras that use metadata to track movements throughout a warehouse and like inventory counts and whatnot. So that's super interesting. They have another division too in Europe, also for logistics that we're talking to as well for next year. So yeah, you never know. I mean, Hitachi is one of our sponsors, actually a small, small research group within Hitachi. This is actually an exciting one. They're doing a startup kiosk. I mean, this is Hitachi, but it's a barely funded group within Hitachi leveraging um kind of crowdsourced weather data to help predict um conditions within containers oh wow so it's almost like like a tagless uh yeah so iot without the t so mm. it's, you know tracking visibility um, uh, uh moisture control etc based on like weather
0: that's super interesting i it- and, and that's what I, I love about Manifest is that you can have all of these different companies all under one roof. But then it's also from a you know a content perspective, you, you don't feel like you're getting overly sold to. It, it, is that a con- is that a conscious choice on, yeah. on your behalf?
1: I mean, like I said, we we limit the amount of staff tickets that we give each sponsor relative to their investment. We limit how many extra passes they can buy as well. Which I know other shows do things similar because we really target a higher level audience your vp evp and c-suite from the buy side and a ceo of fortune 500 doesn't want to walk through an expo hall and be surrounded and, and charged upon by salespeople. so we want to create that welcoming environment where they want to be in there and I, i've been to many shows over the years where the buyers will walk into the hall and they'll flip their badge around because they don't want people to know who they are and people don't do that here No, they stay they have fun they go to the parties they, they roll around with the puppies, they get their hair done. They, you know, it's, it's, we, we want to also break things up a little bit too. So it's not just that monotony of this booth after booth, after booth. Like we, we consciously try to not sell just booths. We really want people to step up and do more. So we're not just like every other show out there.
0: I think, you know, the, the first time I spoke to you at a the, the Manifest conference, uh, you ah. mentioned something along the lines of you wanted to make a conference kind of like CES, you know, the Consumer Electronics yep. Show, which is, I think, Just you know, probably is the conference that has the most sort of brand recognition mm-hmm. out of all conferences, maybe. I'm curious if there are any other shows like that that you draw inspiration from.
1: I mean, within our sector, you go look at like NRF, for example. Mm-hmm. Um Promat, Modex, more so just for the scale of some of the exhibitors. Like Promat this past year, Locus Robotics, who's a big sponsor of ours, had an absolutely beautiful booth that spanned over two aisles. Uh, it was I, I couldn't even begin to guess what that cost. So just looking at the, the 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 grandeur of some of those activations you see there is what I love to turn Manifest into as we keep growing. You look internationally at Web Summit uh, or even your Shop Talks, just those Those styles is what we really look at, too. Health is another one. We're actually good friends with the team over there that runs health or money 2020. So all those big experiential shows are how we see manifest for supply chain.
0: And so, as you're, you know, we're as the, the time of recording this, we're, you know, about two or three weeks out, I think about three, closer to three weeks mm-hmm. uh, from the event. What does sort of the day to day look like for you and the manifest team right now? What are those little things that you're sort of buttoning up?
1: I mean, I get up, I have my coffee, I work out, I get the kids to school, spend half the day watching Netflix, the other half of the day watching BuzzFeed. My job is done. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lot of uh, check, recheck, triple check. Uh, I'm very anal in the sense of sponsor branding. Uh, I try to have my eyes on every piece of signage and sponsor branding on it. So we just spent the past few days, triple checking all the big signs that have all the sponsor logos on to make sure that this is the right one. This is the right format. We didn't miss anyone or so just making sure we didn't, you know, there's no, no one being left out that shouldn't be left out. Um, looking over renderings for the activations. It's a lot of housekeeping right now, a lot of prep for next year too, just setting up. Uh, I, I like to set my campaigns and my CRM up for next year now. So I don't have to worry about it later. Um, oh, that's super smart. It's like I'm self-taught HubSpot, which is a blessing and a curse. Um, so I'm just trying to make my, make my job more efficient because as we keep growing... There can be more to manage. So the more I can automate, the more I can make efficient will make my job easier. Um, but also just lots of communication with sponsors about are your staff registered? You know, do you have a press release? Do you, you know, do you have this, do you know, that and what do you need from us? So just really just it's all housekeeping at this point. And I want to make sure that they have a good experience.
0: I mean, they're they're definitely whatever you guys are advising them as far as the sales and, and media outreach is concerned, um, is working because I cannot wake up in the morning without getting a few emails from folks who are going to manifest, planning on going there, and they want to schedule a meeting. And it's uh, it, it's it's quite impressive to I mean, be able to. I'm, I'm I don't do this for any other conference. But last night, I spent about three hours, and we were talking like three weeks before the event, I spent a few hours, my own time, just filtering through and trying to make my schedule now, just so I can, you know, breathe a little bit, you know, sigh of relief.
1: I mean, next year, was going to upsell them for your phone number.
0: (laughs) There was one person that did call my personal cell phone number. I was like, how did you get this number? I don't even know how. I don't know how they did it.
1: That wasn't us.
0: No, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't you guys, but they they went because uh, I I went into the app just to make sure that my phone number wasn't in there. And it wasn't, and I was like, "How did this person get my phone number?" Oh. So they are uh, they're, they're doing some some pretty hardcore PR outreach. So yeah. it was uh, it was very impressive. That doesn't happen with other no, shows. You can always
1: tell me offline who that is if I have to go reading the write out. <laughs> Don't go stalking our partners.
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was definitely like a, okay, I need to start planning this now. It was. The, the, the ramp up of communications and and th- but that's what happens when you have forty five hundred people that are mm-hmm. going to be there. Like you have to be very efficient yeah. with your time. And as uh, as I'm sure you know, yeah.
1: I mean, I like to overly communicate too because we send out our sponsor newsletters, but then I usually double down on to send out a simple Gmail like a mail merge to all my sponsors of just hey, you know, we have our third party events website up right now, which is and none of you've seen this yet, but. The, the common question at an event is, "Where is the after parties?" Well, mm. we made a thing. It's our community events calendar. So oh, any sponsor, really? yeah, it, it's on the app. Um, so, oh,
0: perfect. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I check yeah, that out. It, it's
1: not we haven't have, we don't have all the events on there yet. They're gonna be coming in the, in the next day or week or so. But if a sponsor is hosting an after party or dinner or something like that, they can list it on our thing. We don't charge them for it, and you attendees can request an invitation to it. So it's like our own little Eventbrite
0: that uh, that is such a, a unique thing because it, you're right that is one of those things that we always ask I me mean, Grace and I Grace Sharkey, um who comes on the show all the time uh and we have gone to manifest together every single year and we go to a lot of conferences together we've also you know started coordinating our plans of like which parties are we going to go to and that event that count that event bright like You know, I guess website is going to be a huge sell for us or a huge help for us to be able to coordinate, you know, which places that we should go or maybe we should split up and, you know, tag team those together Mm -hmm. or,
1: you know, separately. Ain't no party like a Blythe and Sharky party.
0: we are planning to do some recording there too so that that's another really cool aspect that you guys provide as well is you have a podcast yeah. recording booth um you you give each podcaster or content creator you know a, a set amount of time and then you also hook us up with like people who would actually make a really great guest to come on the show but you also don't you know sort of make us you know you know talk to any of the sponsors which is really something from a content creator perspective i really appreciate because it's it makes my life easier yeah,
1: we no, nobody wants like forced like sponsored content even for, for hours i mean we sell very uh, i mean we we don't sell a whole lot of like sponsored content like sponsored sessions because we don't want to be all sponsored content and just a random thought and this is going to edit out later but you know if you and sharky ever do a show together come on it's your walk on music like Blythe shark dude, dude. <laughs>
0: I'm going to text Grace as soon as this episode is over with that. I'm going to go to like Hey Jen website and then make it say that and then send it to her and she'll probably die.
1: That's amazing. all right well so. I do
0: want um, I, I do want to get into um, a little bit of the marketing side of things because I know yeah. you're in sales but from a, a personal aspect I would love to be able to I, I ask you know the guests um, these set of questions for for typically every interview mm-hmm. um, that we do but I would love to find out you know you, you kind of hinted at this earlier but one of the questions is how do you think about marketing when it comes to you and your company
1: so we we don't do a lot of like screaming our name marketing of, Hey, this is manifest. I like, come sponsor us. We put it in our newsletter or whatnot. It's more organic focused. Uh, we are looking to ramp that up a bit more next year for some marketing support on the outbound side, but I pretty much do all my own marketing. So I'm like army of one over here. Uh, I have you know, my own nurture campaigns that I run my own outbounds. I write my own cheesy emails. If you guys, any of my sponsors, They're dumb, but they work. Uh, (laughs) They're unofficial manifest marketing emails that I send. Because
0: What do you mean by dumb?
1: Well, I like to, I think it's so important to use your own personality when you're selling. And I like to, I mean, I like to have fun. I like to be a little stupid. So I'll throw some gifts in my, in my email, some memes in there just because why not? And, but it, it works for me like that, that, that works. It might not work for somebody else, but that just works for me. And people get them. And even if, they they can't sponsor they're like i open your emails i i like getting your emails don't take me off the list so like great i mean buy something next time but great
0: (laughs) 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 that's the next progression of it (laughs) exactly
1: like thanks for not (laughs) thanks for not subscribing but (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) so i think it's just important just to have fun with it. it it's i mean there's all these different sales techniques that can be done, all marketing techniques. At the end of the day, it's, to me, about a relationship about and about trust <clears throat> and that you're going to do right by the customer and that you also enjoy what you're doing. I sold cars for the sh- longest two months of my life, and it was miserable when I was younger. And that's, you know, I can't sell a product that I don't have confidence in. Um, and I've had jobs like that, too, where it was – Hey, sell this $10,000 vacuum cleaner. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, that lasted a whole day, not even. Uh, but its I know we're doing something fun. We're doing something different. and we're, we're changing the industry, and I'm happy to be a part of it and bringing those customers in here. So I'm just going to have fun while I do it.
0: And I think it's also y'all's approach to the feedback loop. So I, I think I was you know, I referenced um, Treys show earlier that that you had uh, conducted with him about a year ago. And y- you have like a pretty thorough like surveying not just the the sponsors but also attendees as well to mm-hmm. sort of figure out you know how do you balance and walk that tightrope.
1: Yeah, we, we do. I mean, most shows do some sort of NPS survey after the show. And we really look into it. We, we understand, okay, is there something where we really drop the ball on and we need to fix? Hopefully that person would have also reached out to us directly as well, too, and, you know, where we can address it where we can. Um, are there also those instances where some people can't be pleased? And that's something that actually Jay, our CEO, taught me. In my old company, I used to go through the MPSs, and I would personally call all the negative ones from sponsors to say, how can we do better?
0: Hmm.
1: I don't do that anymore. It's very hard to turn a detractor into a promoter. Hmm. And it's kind of like choosing your battles. Sometimes there's a legitimate problem that needs to be addressed. Great, well, we're going to address it. Sometimes they just want to complain. And, you know, what? let's move on to the next one.
0: All right. Next marketing question. What's your favorite social media platform and why?
1: Ooh, I mean, for work, LinkedIn, because also I don't use any other ones for work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't do, I mean, I have a personal Instagram and Facebook. I don't use Twitter. Like I have one it exists. I don't use it. Um, you'll never see me on TikTok. So, <laughs> you know, OnlyFans maybe after this job runs out, but I mean, you know, I'm trying to get a manifest channel on there. Uh,
0: Diversify your income streams.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, LinkedIn's great because you can have a bit of fun. And you've probably seen some of the posts I've done on uh, on there about like all the sponsors, like tagging like 300 companies. And they respond with gifts to people just to have some fun. Because, again, that's me. So I think you can find that balance of being professional but having some fun, too. And it's important that LinkedIn help you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening in your industry too and new happenings as well
0: all right next one what is your favorite sas tool that you use every day and can't live without
1: i mean the only one i actually use is hubspot
0: that's a pretty good one
1: yeah it's <laughs> and I, I use hubspot and the only other tools i really use are uh we have, for data we use sales intel which is similar to seamless um, and i use yam for mail merges that's really my toolbox nothing fancy that's, uh,
0: I think keeping it simple is is a, a lot of marketers and a lot of sales folks will overwhelm themselves with too many tools and too many data points. I've gotten rid of um, all it, of, them. It,
1: I've rid of I was going to say, it sounds
0: like your com- based on your experience or, or what you've said in this interview that you really, you know, you focus on the one-to-one conversations yeah. and you use some tools, um, but you don't let it sort of rule yeah. your, your whole like, conversational approach. I'll use
1: tools to streamline what I'm doing. If I'm going to, you know, I, I'll send a mail merge instead of emailing 3,000 people one by one, I'll send a mail merge. Or I'll use some HubSpot workflows to just people manage. But in terms of AI and analyzing this and that and crystal balls and all that, I'm just gonna to talk to people. i will look at your website. Cool. I like what you're doing. Let's have a conversation. I mean, the the fanciest I get is use chat GPT sometimes. Because That's a
0: pretty good one. All right. What I'm about, about um, what is a book or podcast that has changed your perspective or you learned something really cool from it?
1: oh that's a tough one that's a really tough one it would not be work related uh i actually rarely if ever listen to podcasts um yeah I, I i tend to kind of like disconnect after work it's it's important to me um you know like my wife loves listening to how i built this for example i just you know i'm gonna go watch tv i'm gonna read a book um i'm more like I, I read a lot of historical fiction, so yeah. This this whole this this little part might get edited out because I just don't have anything good to contribute to this part of it.
0: <laughs> no, well, that I, I think that that's actually yeah. a really good because like, obviously supply chain logistics is very um, is one of the oldest you know professions or one of the oldest industries in in I mean, our existence.
1: I mean, yeah, it's like <laughs> right,
0: exactly logistics and prostitution. <laughs> That'll be the title <laughs> of this episode. We go hand in hand. Well, what's your favorite history book that you've read? Uh, well, not history, or maybe histori- histori- historical, h- historical moment. So,
1: I read like, Ken Follett's one of my favorite authors. Um, he's written like World Without End, Pillars of the Earth. They're like historical epic novels, like 12 1,300 pages each. I've read each one of them like three or four times uh, just because I enjoy it. I enjoy his writing. But usually I'm reading like Bon Appetit or like scrolling through a cookbook of what I want to try next because in my off time I like to cook and bake. <laughs> <Like, laughs> wow. Well- I have sourdough started I've been proofing for years, like in my kitchen and, you know, I garden in the backyard. Like that's my, you know, instead of football, I grow peas and tomatoes. And,
0: oh, that's cool. I like that. But there's, obviously there's not much. When do you start actually your your uh, garden plan?
1: I'll probably start after Manifest, I'll start growing stuff in the basement, like some seedlings because I have like grow lands and everything, you know, it's weed in the off season, then the garden. Uh, of course, <laughs> Jersey, we can do things here now. But uh, <laughs> and then around like May or so transferring things outside depending on like what I planted when Uh, this year I'm going to try to grow corn so I'll start that outside Uh, I do like a lot of melons I do different tomatoes but my kids love it too because my my kids like peas because they pick them and they eat them so that's
0: cool and also teaching them a very important lesson I think to you know where your food comes from and it
1: that's planting something
0: to see it grow and that's why we're from the
1: petting zoo like this is where bacon comes from Uh, (laughs) But we also we have fruit trees back there too, so like after school, we'll just go out back and like grab a peach or grab a pear from the backyard, which is awesome.
0: Well, that I, I mean, I I know that you you joked about editing uh, this out, but we won't edit it out. We're we're, we're going to keep all of this in because awesome. I think it's it's Still it's fun. Uh, it, well, it's also good symbolism as to how you build relationships as well. You plant the seed and you you hope to watch it grow and well, you hope to, to nurture it and and so I think that's that that's cool. all good things and very and, good qualities of a sales professional. And
1: both take a little bit of bullshit. <laughs>
0: True. <laughs> all right Dan now as we sort of round out the, the conversation is there anything about manifest that you think is important to mention that we haven't already talked about
1: um i'm sure you've heard it already too but i am super excited about chief joining us on the women's lunch i mean i'm just fangirling about that because lindsey's a rock star and i'm we're like this honor to have her so i'm really excited for that uh if you haven't seen the memo yet but neo is performing for the after party so I
0: thought I saw that, and I yes. told Grace, but we, we tried to find the graphic. We couldn't find it, really? Um so I'm glad that you, you mentioned yes. that.
1: You'll be there front row center just like last year for, for Nelly. I mean, we know <laughs> how you roll. Uh, so, I mean, we have more chief supply chain officers than we've ever had before, like more than 40 or 50 on stage already. Uh, so it's really just shaping up nicely. Just all these brands sending delegations now, too, not just one or two to walk the floor, but – folks like Pepsi is sending more than 30 people to come to the show because they they, they love being a part of this. So we're excited for that. I think just really taking the time to plan your show, to walk the hall, to experience the content um, for anyone who hasn't yet to make sure they download the app and book your tickets because tickets do go up Friday, like tomorrow. So buy your tickets now. Call me for a discount. But uh and if you want to talk about twenty twenty five, I mean, reach out to me, we'll get you on the list because we'll we'll open that up in the early spring.
0: And you guys are I, I think you mentioned earlier that you're gonna be at the Venetian next yep, year, the which next is three
1: years we'll be at the Venetian.
0: Wow. And so I- any reason why the the move? Because you're probably outgrowing your space.
1: Well, there's that. And also Venetian, I mean, it's it's a hundred thousand square a hundred thousand square feet more, but also there's more there, like at the venue hmm. in terms of like things to do. You know Caesar's great sense. venue, just a little removed from things to do.
0: Yeah, that that I mean that's definitely a great move. I I, I love Caesar's that that area of course, but it is a, a little bit of a challenge sometimes to to go to some of the other venues and some of you know the things in the surrounding area. That the Venetian is one of my my favorite properties in Vegas, so I'm I'm oh, selfishly excited about
1: that. I've actually never I've like, in my entire career I've been to Vegas like five times.
0: Oh wow, and probably all for man or most of them for manifest.
1: I, I think like three out of five for manifest. Yeah. Well, so. it was, it,
0: for for me, it was a very uh, long history of like bachelorette parties that were in Vegas, mm-hmm. and now I just go for work, so it's it's uh, it's a completely different uh, experience, but also a, a fun different experience.
1: Yes. And you you're it's it's now being there is work.
0: right but a a really fun kind of work because i i do love vegas it is a cross-country flight um but it's it's one of those things that it's well worth it it's one of the few places that when the plane lands in vegas everybody claps and so it's one of those like unique moments and unique cities
1: so it's a a good time over there
0: (laughs) all right dan where can folks you know follow more of your work follow you get connected you know all that good stuff
1: oh you can follow my only dan's um but just, you know, share the, the Manifest Vegas website as well, you know, on LinkedIn too. So just everywhere that we exist, uh, it's all manifest and gearing up for this year. So I'm sure that you have the link to, to share on the podcast as well. And uh, hopefully we'll see a lot more folks who are listening uh, with us uh, in a few weeks in Vegas.
0: Absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much for joining us, and I'll, I'll see you in a few weeks.
1: Sounds good. I'll see you soon.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everything Is Logistics, a podcast for the thinkers in freight, telling the stories behind how your favorite stuff and people get from point A to B. Subscribe to the show, sign up for our newsletter, and follow our socials over at everythingislogistics.com. And in addition to the podcast, I also wanted to let y'all know about another company I operate, and that's Digital Dispatch, where we help you build a better website. Now, a lot of the times we hand this task of building a new website or refreshing a current one off to a co child, a neighbor down the street, or a stranger around the world, where you probably spend more time explaining the freight industry than it takes to actually build the dang website. Well... That doesn't happen at Digital Dispatch. We've been building online since 2009, but we're also early adopters of AI, automation, and other website tactics that help your company to be a central place to pull in all of your social media posts, recruit new employees, and give potential customers a glimpse into how you operate your business. Our new website builds start as low as $1,500, along with ongoing website management, maintenance and updates starting at $90 a month, plus some bonus freight marketing and sales content, similar to what you hear on the podcast. You can watch a quick explainer video over on digitaldispatch.io. Just check out the pricing page once you arrive and you can see how we can build your digital ecosystem on a strong foundation. Until then, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll see you all real soon and go Jags.